Last week, man, we were challenged with something that was really, really crazy. We've been reading through 1 Peter, right? And we were challenged with this, when this statement Peter challenges us. He's talking to the church. He's talking to us, man. And he's saying, be holy as he is holy. And then he even repeats it. And when he says in another, in another in right, right after that, he says, because it's written. It, as it is written, as it's written down, all right, as we have this testimony, all right, he says, as, as it's written, all right, the Lord himself said, you shall be holy for I'm holy. And here's what I know, man, if I'm putting this stuff together, man, a God who loves me so much, all right, and there's way more than I could ever understand is not setting me up for failure with that command. Because we look at that, man, and we're thinking, oh, man, you know what I mean? No way, right? You know what I mean? But he's not setting you up for failure. And I think, and he's not setting me up for failure. And I think we get it wrong. Because he tells us, man, he goes, look, this is written. And this is what he says. Anybody, anybody got one of these? Anybody got one of these? You remember these? Sometimes, man, maybe you're there at the house and they say, don't put nothing on it. Don't put nothing on it. All right? Except dust. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what. Seriously, man. All right, think about it, man. It was what we got. We got one of these. I don't know if you got one of these, but they still have these. All right, they still have them, man. And it's crazy, man, when you think about it, man, because this is, this, we've been given this, all right? It's called the Bible. All right, it's not a book. All right, the actual word tabibla means the books. All right, tabiblia, I think Haggai means basically the holy books. There's all kinds of stuff in here is what he's trying to tell us. Is it, man, listen, let me show you how much I love you. Read this love letter, man. I got, he wrote the, probably the longest love letter you'll ever read in your entire life. All right. Book after book, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm not setting you up for failure, I'm setting you up for success. I love you, boom, and then pow, we saw it on the cross. I love you. We have this. It's crazy because over, it took over 1,600 years, all right, to, to write this out. All right, over 40 different authors, three different languages. All right, and yet it speaks on harmony over all these different subjects as pertains to following God, loving God, and loving Him back. Different, like controversial subjects like marriage and and, and parenting and and and, and you know and and, uh, and 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 adultery and abuse and all. I mean everything. All these different, you know, raising kids. All these different subjects, different controversial subjects, and it speaks with complete harmony. It's a big deal going on right here, man. I don't know if you're knowing. All right, there's a big deal happening right here. But I want you to be careful. All right, he's never told us to worship the word. Uh, you know, never told us to worship this book. But he told us to worship the word that became flesh, amen? All right, not the words of this book, but the word that became flesh, amen? Because without him, we wouldn't even have it. All right, I mean, this is a real big deal. It's been a big deal over the years. You know, it's the first book that's ever been printed. The first book ever printed was the Bible. Did anybody know that? It was the first book that was ever printed. And do you know that, that even today, there are still over 20 million sold every year? I think it was between 1815 and, and 1975, there were, there were recorded over 5 billion souls. All right, that, that's, some, that's important to somebody, all right? Do you know that 80 years ago, they had to print a Bible every three seconds just to keep up, all right, with, with the demand, 
Did you know this, that it is also the most stolen book ever? (laughs) Not kidding. The most stolen book out there. Nobody steals any books more than they steal the Bible. And the first thing they open up, do not steal. Oh, dang. You know what I mean? (laughs) It kind of jacks you up right there in the middle. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, as of 2017, we have recorded over 7,000 living languages in our world today. And according to the International Bible Society, that the, that the Bible, you know, at least portions of Scripture has been translated into by over 3,000 of those people groups, of those languages. And the, and the New Testament, you know, over 1,500 languages with portions in over 1,000. And the complete Bible has been translated in over 600, I think 670 different languages. Why are we even talking about this? Because last week, man, we were challenged. We were challenged, you know, again, uh, to be holy as he is holy. And that's a tall order, man. That's a tall order. Isn't that a tall order? You're looking to be holy as the God who, who created all things, the creator of the universe, of time and space, all right? Your blood flowing through your veins. Everything is, I want you to be holy as I'm holy. Like, it's just as a matter of fact. You know what I mean? That's a tall order. But here's what I know, man. And I shared this with you last week. Proximity makes all of the difference. And so I got no real fun statements today, no little tongue twisters and little sticky, what we could call sticky statements or anything like that for you today. But, and so if you're asking yourself, what is this sermon about? Because you might, because I'm going to be all over the place today. All right? We're, 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 anyways, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. But I want to just kind of bring you back to here. All right, and then there's, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this command, be holy as I am holy, all right? Put that up, put that up there, all right? Put, be holy as I am holy, all right? Recognize that's up there in front of you. And as we look at that really, really tall order, we have to recognize what God is not saying, be better than everyone and let them know how much better you are than them. He's not saying that because he says, be holy as I am holy. And if he loves me the way we just sang out, all right, then, then I'm to love others the, way, the same way, Amen. He says, be holy as I am holy. And so, so let's put that up there. So if you're wondering what this sermon is about, I want to share with you in a couple of sentences, all right? And it's just simply this, the closer I get to God, all right, the more I, I get to know him and the easier it is for me to be like him. Doesn't that make sense? The closer I get to God, the more I'll get to know God and the easier it is to be like my dad, right? To be like my father, Amen. All right, and then, and then here's, this, here's this other sentence I want to share with you. And they're not real easy to remember, so if you want to write them down, that's fine. Uh, um, but check this out. The best opportunity now in, in getting that closeness, in, you know, the best opportunities that we have to get to know God better is by being in his word and praying through his word. Being in his word and praying through his word. Again, we're not here to worship the word, we're here to worship the word who has made flesh, amen, and gave us the word. Oh, there's a statement for you. <laughs> we're not here to worship the word, we're here to worship the word who was made flesh and gave us his word. Oh, well, we should have thought about that. Anyway, <laughs> all right, but that, that's it. So, so simply this, be holy as I am holy. Woo, man, that's crazy, all right? Proximity makes all the difference, all right? The closer I get to God, the more I get to know him and the easier it is to be like him. The best opportunity that we have to get to know God better is by being in his word and praying through the word. Now, now, a lot of you 
may not have one of these and maybe you have one of these and, and your Bible's in there or your Bible's in your hand. All right, praise the Lord. This, the word of God, being in that word. All right, and so, so the best opportunity that we have to get to know God better is by being in his word and praying through his word. I just wanna tell you, nothing has really changed over these thousands of years. Nothing has really changed since he began to tell Moses to write these things down, right? And right after, I mean, immediately after he put these words in Moses' hands, he told Moses, you know, we have Genesis, all right, Exodus. We have all the first five books of the scriptures that he had commanded Moses to write down, all right? And immediately after he was done, after these are finished, after the word was, he, he, spoke, to, he spoke to Joshua, Moses' right-hand man. All right, I don't know if you remember the story. Israel, all right, was this people group that God was trying to bring to what he was calling the promised land, the land that he had promised them. And he had, and, and he had this, 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 this amazing territory. And he brought them all the way to this river. And there's this river. And on the other side of the river, all right, there's all this property. God says, it's yours. But there are people there. There are armies there. And God said, no, it's yours. And like, did you tell them that? <laughs> And here's what we discovered, man, that, 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 that there was going to be a fight. And I've told you before, there is always a fight. There's always a fight for your marriage. There's always a fight for your children. There's always a fight for your relationships. There's always a fight for your finances. There's always a fight for your living here in the, you know, on the terrain. There's always a fight. And these guys were getting ready to cross this river and go engage with the enemy and knowing that if they lost back home, back just right on the other side of the river is their wife, their kids, and all their stuff. And if they lose with these guys, these guys are going to go take their wife, their kids, and their stuff. So what do you think God gave them the, the, you know, right before the battle? Hey, man, I got these heavenly spears and swords. Matter of fact, they haven't invented these yet, but they're called machine guns. They're going to be real helpful. All right. He didn't give them none of that. He said the night, he said, he told Joshua, consecrate everyone. And then here's what he said in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. He says, the book of the law, he says, the writing, the word of God, he says, it shall not depart from your mouth, but you're going to meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do and even to be as I am to do. I mean, you're not going to be God. Just don't get it twisted. We're not talking about that. But God says to be as he is. Be holy as I am holy. He says, so be careful to do according to all that's written in it. So apparently to God, it's a big deal, Right? For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. How many of us only are meditating in this one hour of the week if you make it? I'm gonna challenge you to that this afternoon, this morning, whatever day it is in time. Anyways, uh, right? but I mean, nothing's really changed. We have the word. And, and, and he's telling Joshua, Moses just wrote this stuff down. Uh, about a thousand years later, or I don't forget exactly how many years later, David came along and he started writing all this stuff, 
all these songs and stuff and all these worship songs and all these praises and all these struggles and all these, you know, depressive moments he was having and stuff like that. And he started writing these things and he would always reflect back to what God had given Joshua, you know, through Moses and even what he had now as far as the history basically in the, in the scriptures that we have. And David would say in Psalms 119, verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? By guarding it according to your word. The best opportunity that we have to get to know God better is by being in his word and by praying through it. Amen. Just a couple of verses later, he says in verse 11 of 119, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I, I, I remember this was the first verse I, I wanted to memorize as I gave my life to Jesus. My second, the second verse, the first one was out of Psalms 51.10. All right, that was the first verse I memorized in my life. And then the second one I just really wanted to start memorizing was this one here because it made so, it was so important as far as it applies to every word in here. I mean, I've memorized a lot of songs, right? I was singing the other day, my baloney has a first name. It's B-O. Yeah. I mean, oh, why did I remember that stupid song? It does me no good. He says, I've stored up your word in my heart, and it makes all the sense in the world. One time later on, even you know, hundreds of years later, all right, Ezra, all right, is 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 with the the Nate. Okay, Israel has. I'm, I'm jumping through history, and you're gonna be like, like I said, remember I told you at the beginning. What's this even all about? Be holy as I am holy, all right. And when I shared the best opportunity we have to get to know God better is by being in His Word and praying through His Word. Amen. So hold on to that, all right. And uh, we're gonna be doing this later. So. All right. So anyways, um, you know, after David is referring to, you know, the, the, the law that Moses wrote down and the history that Joshua lived out and, and all that stuff. And now, now Ezra, hundreds of years later, all right, after Israel had been taken captive because they kept turning their backs on God, all right, and now God ha has them in captivity, but he's even blessing them as they're there, all right, they come back. They're finally let back out of captivity and they start rebuilding their community again. And the best way that they had, they thought to rebuild a community was to bring out the word of God. What better way to rebuild a family? What better way to rebuild a marriage? What better way to rebuild your business? What better way to rebuild your life? And they told Ezra, man, you know, he brought out the law, the word. And we have, we have, we have, you know, it was crazy because they built him a platform just like this. They said, man, whoever, there's a lot of people and they need to hear this. Says, we'll tell you what, we're going to build this little platform. I want you to get up there and we're going to put this little thing up there so you can put the word on there. You just start reading it. They didn't have pages, they had scrolls. All right. Hold it. You hold, that's how you hold up. I'm just going to, and just, and that's what he was doing. He was reading. And it was crazy because they said, well, um, I don't know if I have this up there, that, um, uh, yeah, check this out. In uh, Nehemiah chapter, five, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, it says, Ezra opened up the book in the sight of all the people. And he was above all the people on this, on this, on this you know, literally on this platform. And as he opened it, the people stood up. They stood up. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? Like, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
He got up, man. He's like, he's going, you, you. I remember our youth group back in the day, man. We had, every time they were there, we, we would roll like this. Every time it'd be youth night and we'd open this up, they would go, woo! And I closed it in there, woo! And I go, woo, 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 woo! Anyway, was, right? You know, it was crazy. But that's what they did. They got up. And look what it says. And it was crazy because he, he read from early that morning and they stood up all afternoon, all morning to the afternoon. They were in it. In Nehemiah verse 8, he says, they, they read from the book of the law clearly and they gave sense so that the people understood the reading. He preached and they broke up into groups and they talked about it and they grew. The word be holy as I am holy. Proximity makes all the difference. This isn't the only way I get close to God, but it's a pretty darn good one. Amen. Amen. And so, and what's crazy is you get, you, you go a few, about 400 years later, four, I mean, six, maybe four or 500 years later, Jesus rolls up on the scene and he starts quoting from the law of Moses, from the times of the, of the histories of like through Joshua and the histories of the judges and all this stuff and through Samuel and stuff like that. He starts quoting David in the Psalms and he starts quoting the prophets and, and it's constant. And he's referring to them as the scriptures. And Jesus knowing how important this is, every, you know, a couple of times he's challenged by guys, he's actually asking them, how do you understand this stuff? He says in, in, you know, in, in, Rome, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 42, he says, have you never read the scriptures? Don't you even read this stuff? And he's talking to religious leaders, man, like, hey, have you not even read this? Like it was a big deal for Jesus to say, be in the word of God. And he, he says, you know, he says that the, 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 and he shares a quote from David's writings. Like, why was it so important to Jesus? I mean, it was important to the son of the living God, all right? Shouldn't it be important to us? Later, he's asked, you know, by, um, by, one, by, by a leader or ruler or something like, like, how can I get eternal life? How can I inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus says, in, verse, in, chapter, in Luke chapter 10, he says, what is written in law? How do you read it, man? Are you paying attention? Paul would later, you know, say in Romans chapter one, that, you know, as a servant of Christ, I'm called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel, all right, the gospel of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets and through the scriptures. And then Peter, our guy, the guy that we're talking with, man, all right, the guy that we're talking about, all right, would even say of Paul, it's crazy as the further you get how all of this is referred to all the way to the end, it's all referred to as the word of God. Peter would even say that Paul, you know, quote, quotes him, his words as scripture the things that Paul says as scripture. It's insane. And we got all of it. Now, Peter's testimony wasn't so much about, you know, built on the history, all right, of the word, right? And we gotta be real careful because he didn't worship the word. He worshiped the word, all right, that was made flesh and gave us the word, all right? So praise the Lord, all right? No, his testimony was built on facts, all right, that he witnessed. What he saw and what he experienced you see, Jesus, he got Peter hung out with Jesus, all right? And, and Peter 
was there when Jesus said that, that, that he, he predicted he was going to die. And he predicted that he was going to get up and rise again. And Peter witnessed it. And he saw it happen. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody can come along and predict his own death and predict that he's going to get up, how many days later he's going to get up, and then pull it off, that dude's got my attention. I am leaning, I am all ears. I'm all, I'm like on the edge of my seat and I am all about it. And that's where Peter started building his, that's where his faith was actually just skyrocketed. Because you remember before that he was running scared, denying Jesus and everything, all right? And then, and then, and then he, and then this happened and then boom, it's all over, it's, 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 it's crazy, he's all over it. Be holy as I am holy. Right? Be holy as I am holy, man. And, uh, and the best opportunity, you know, that's all about proximity. And, and we have this opportunity to get to know God better. And it's through his word and through praying through this word. And so we have been in this series, First Peter, uh, Faith for Exiles. And we're finishing up chapter one today. And we're, we're you know, you're like, man, you got any time left? Um, just a little bit. But what I want to do is I just kind of want to review where we've been. Not preach it. I just want us to hear it. All right, so here's, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna ask if, if I'm, I'm gonna read some scripture right now, and I'm gonna ask if you wouldn't mind standing. It's a lot. I'm actually gonna read the whole first five books of the Bible. <laughs> just kidding. All right. All right, we have lunch coming, so don't worry. <laughs> Peter. First Peter chapter one. And you can read along with us. If you're at home, the words will be on the screen. Um, or open your Bible and follow along. Uh, I'm reading out of the ESV uh, version, the... Um, Elect standard version. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Um, I'll tell you another time why I, I love this version. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiable, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, 
though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or, the, or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. And the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things in which angels long to look. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, be sober-minded and set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written... You shall be holy, for I'm holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout your time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for the sake of you. In the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God for all flesh is like grass and it's glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower fails, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Father, we praise you and we give you thanks and we give you glory. And man, oh man, oh man, help us, Lord God, to get closer and closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Man, thanks for that, man. The final few verses in chapter one, and we're just gonna...
kind of let's let lead us. Beginning in ch- verse one, chapter twenty, um, chapter one, verse twenty-two. Peter says, "Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ." You see, Peter was there the night that Jesus said, "I am the way, I am the truth." No one comes to the Father except through me. That hasn't changed, guys, right? I mean, we're trying to create all kinds of different avenues and ways and highways and shortcuts, you know what I mean? Is there a rope I could swing across into there? You know what I mean? We're coming up with all these different things, but nothing has changed. He says, having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly. From a pure heart. Peter was there that night, all right, that, that we share with you. Remember we told you, to, uh, if you weren't here, we, you know, we were just kind of taking this, 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 this God's eye view, man, of just what was taking place in the upper room when Jesus got up and he started just washing the disciples' feet. And when he sat down, he even washed the feet that were gonna go and betray him. He sat down, man, the dude split. And he basically says, look, this is my command. I have this new commandment that you love one another the way I have loved you. He says, by this, the whole world will know where to find the church. I share with you, man. I said, look, you know, if there was no building, if there was no, if there was no sign, if there was no... Um, you know, a uh, uh, Facebook page, if there was no anything, all right, if all there were were people, how could people find the church? Jesus gave us the key right there by our love for one another. He said, they'll know you're my church by your love for one another. Oh, how he loves us. We just got through singing. Be holy as I am holy. Can you love the way I love? Jesus got down on his knees and washed their feet. Jesus laid on a piece of wood while they shoved nails through his wrists and feet after he had been beaten all day. Jesus said, the son of man did not come to to be served, but to serve and give his life for a ransom for many. How are people gonna identify the church? I loved, I wanna phrase this wrong. I've said this before. And some people took it the wrong way. I really, I'm, I'm not about what happened with this whole coronavirus thing. But I love the fact that we just couldn't meet for a while. And some of you are not really happy that I'm saying that. Well, it forced us to not have the sign that said, hey, we're over here. It forced us to, to go into each other's houses or at least to, to get into each other's lives some way, man, and love one another and love one another. Having purified your souls through the obedience of, by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh, all right? Who who gave us the word, amen? Peter was there when Nicodemus came and, and, and rolled up on him and, and asked him about what's going on thing. And Jesus said, you know what? He's the one who told him. He said, you need to be born again. 
And he challenged that. How? He said, man, everything, that is born of flesh is flesh, but that is born of the spirit. This is what he's talking about. You must be born of the spirit, the spirit of God. Not perishable seed. This, this body right here has an expiration date. My life in Christ, no expiration date. All flesh expires like grass. And all its glory like the flower of the grass that withers and the flower fails. But the word of the Lord remains forever. Forever. And that's a promise that was put to the test. It has been put to the test over the years. Just about 300 years later, within the next 300 years, an emperor named Diocletian was saying, you know what, we're gonna get rid of the word of God. We're gonna get rid, not only of the Christians, but we're gonna get rid of all these. And he had ordered that they would get rid of any, you know, any fragments of these letters and, and of the law and of the scriptures. And that was just his order. He wanted to just get rid of it. That was his thing, man. And we're gonna make, you know, just Christianity thing, just a, just a, just a, a, a you know, a, just history. It was crazy. I think it was like 50 years later or 25 years later, the emperor Constantine, who would follow later on, gave his life to Christ. <laughs> All right. Ordered one of his uh, scholars, Eusebius, to, I, want, I, don't, I don't want you to get rid of it. As a matter of fact, I want 50 copies for myself. It's crazy. Year after year, century after century, they tried to stomp out the word of God. No luck. No luck. Even the church tried to do it. Right around 1300s to the 1500s, man, you started recognizing that the church started, you, you, if you wanted a copy of the scriptures, good luck. You weren't gonna get one because there was actually literally chained to the pulpit. Nobody could have it except for the church leaders. A dude named William Tyndall came along, man, and he got a copy of it. And he says, I'm gonna go and print me a bunch of these and just start handing them out to the common folks, man, because this is what needs to happen. They went after him. The church went after him. Got the law, the civil authorities, man, to get, to get, out, to get after him. And they came up with these charges. You need to get this guy. You know what? But, but, but he was able to get away and make copies and distribute them. They caught him. Do you know that the church, quote unquote, church had him arrested, had him tied to a beam, all right? Had him burned, all right? Well, they, they, they beat him, all right? And, 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 they, and they had him burned and then they scattered his ashes all over, they just scattered his body parts all over the place. <laughs> they were trying to get rid of the word, man. They were trying to just use it for power and just kind of just, to just usurp it over people, man. But it, it, it didn't work. The word got out. Praise the Lord, amen. amen. A dude named Voltaire later on in the 1700s came along. He was a writer. He wrote plays and wrote all kinds of stuff, but he also wrote propaganda against uh, the church and of the scriptures, just saying it was just foolish and you're a bunch of ignorant people if you believe in this stuff. He, he would say, you know, he, would, he had a printing press in his basement, all right, and he would actually write all this propaganda, just try to get people to get away from the word of God. And he said, you know, he said, he said, 100 years after I'm gone, Christianity, well, again, made the statement, will be just a memory. 
50 years later, the Geneva Bible Society was printing Bibles and storing them in his basement. <laughs> That's crazy. He says this word of God in verse 25, the word of God, the word of the Lord remains forever. He says, be holy as I am holy. And he says, I'm gonna give you the word and it's not gonna go away. You're gonna have it. And he says, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. He gave us his word, literally. He literally gave us his word. And some of us, we don't recognize the power of it. I, I'm gonna, this is gonna, some of you is gonna sound like a long shot, but I don't think so. I don't know if you ever heard of Edwin Hubble or Edward Hubble, Edwin Hubble, all right? The Hubble telescope, all right? He used the Doppler effects, that sound wave gig, all right, to prove that, that, that the universe is still expanding. The universe is still expanding. Do you remember the first four words that we have recorded of God? I mean, actually saying something, quote, remember what he said? Let there be light. Four words, right? He said, four words, let there be light. Today, that is still happening. Galaxies are still forming. Stars are still being born. Light is still being, let there be light. It's still happening. I don't know if that's a big deal to you. That freaks me out. Because he said, let there be light. And he, he didn't say, oh, okay, we can stop right here. Let there be light. Power in just four words he gave us. Literally, let there be light. And, 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 they're, and they're still creating galaxies at the edge of our universe. Those are just four words. He gave us six words uh, that we have from last week that we're freaking out on. Be holy as I am holy. He's still creating galaxies, man. And we're like, going, I don't know if you can do this, Lord. <laughs> Come on, man. The closer I get to God, the more I get to know him and the easier it is to be like him. And the best opportunity that we have to get to know God better is by being in his word, by praying through it. Don't get it twisted, man. I'm not telling you to worship the word, but we worship the word made flesh, who died, who rose again, and gave us the word. And if that's possible, anything he said is possible, amen? Praise the Lord. So here's what I want you to do. All right, here's what I want you to do, man. Now, this week, your challenge to get back into the word. Some of you have a daily, you know, you get into the word, you're in it. You're in the word, man, and that's, and that's awesome. But I want you to add something, or I wanna give you something, or I want you to add something. Give you something that you may not be doing at all, or I want you to add something to what you're already doing as you're in the word. I want you to take Psalms 119, verse 33 through 40, all right? Psalms 119, verse 33 through 40. Eight verses, we have eight days till Sunday, all right? Eight days till next Sunday, all right? And, 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 and so I want you to start looking at developing what it looks like to crave the word of God, okay? And we're gonna get into that next week and it's gonna be crazy, all right? But, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to take one of those verses a day and I want you to start today, all right? I want you to start today. I'm gonna give you the first one, Psalms 119, verse 33, and I'm gonna put it up here. Now, here's what I want you to do. There's eight verses, 33 through 40, all right? 33, 34, 35, you, know, you get the point. Each day before you begin your study, before you get, begin whatever, as soon as you start having a cognitive, you know, as soon as you start to you know, realize that you're alive again in the morning, you know how that takes a little while for some of us? After your coffee, maybe. I want you to take that psalm. You're gonna start with this one today. I want you to, I really want you to take this with you today. 
right? And, and, and it's, it's simple. They're, they're all about the word of God. I want, I want you to read it. And I want you to say it. I want you to listen to it as you say it. If you repeat this over and over, I want you to receive it and understand it. And I want you, ultimately, I want you to pray it. It's a prayer. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. If we read that, we think he's saying, I will keep your statutes to the end. He's saying something different. If you read it, this is what happens when you slow down and you read it. Teach me, O Lord, the way, the way, the way of your statutes. And I will keep it, keep what? The way to the end. Read it. Hear yourself read it. All right? Listen to it, right? Receive it. And in that understanding, pray it back. Pray the word of God back to you. He's not only telling you what to pray, he's promising you he'll keep this promise. Four words, let there be light, still happening today. Spoken at the beginning of our existence, of our planet. All right, still happening today. Start with this one today. Psalms 119, verse 33 through 40. Praise the Lord, amen. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. We ask, Lord God, in the name of Jesus for understanding, for focus, Lord God, to be with you. We thank you for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a testimony in the scripture, all right, that we've been given the story of Jesus before the night before he gave his life for us on the cross. He gathered with the boys up there, right? He did the, the night, the same night, he washed their feet. The same night he said, I've given you a new commandment. The same night he, he taught them so much. They were sitting around a table there was wine and there was bread they were eating. They were having a supper there. And we don't have a big carafe and big old pieces of bread, but we're pursuing them anyways, right? But as he was sitting there, he took the bread, right? And it's kind of a little tricky thing here, but you just lift up the top there. It's like a weird little film there. Right? And you'll be able to pull out this little piece of bread. But he took it and in their sight, man, he broke it. And he said, this is my body. That's being broken for you. And you gather together, man, and like this. He says, I want you to remember me. And remember what I did until I come back. Take and eat and remember to me. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, we remember. We thank you for our forgiveness, Lord God. We thank you for the penalty you paid. We just give you the praise. After that, he took this carafe of, of wine and he poured it in into the glass. And as you're seeing it, you can see the redness of that. And he says, this, this is my blood that's being poured out for you. Again, as you, as you gather, drink this in remembrance of me. Amen. Lord, we remember. And we give you thanks. Help us, Lord God, to be yours. And to be holy, as you said, to be holy. It's crazy. In Jesus' name, amen.